This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth managers who go above and beyond to guide and support you. CanDo is more than just an attitude. It's navigating today for a brighter tomorrow. Visit CanDoWealth.com. Hello and welcome to a special Saturday edition of Coffeehouse Shots. I'm Natasha Froze and I'm joined by Katie Balls and John McTernan. Labour have announced that they are watering down one of their flagship policies, which is a, a £28 billion green project, announced today by Rachel Reeves. Katie, how much of a U-turn is this? Is it particularly embarrassing for Labour? So I think it's quite significant in the sense that if you uh, ask someone to list Labour policies, often people say, oh... Or perhaps I phrase it more as in the Tories are Labour light. But there'll be quite a few similarities, generally speaking. You think about windfall taxes and so forth. And the Green Prosperity Plan was very much uh, something which differentiated Labour from the Tories. They had it before the Inflation Reduction Act by Joe Biden, but it has a similar purpose in terms of the idea is $28 billion a year, invested in green green jobs, green energy. And when Rachel Reeves first spoke about this in 2021, she said she wanted to be the greenest chancellor. So it was an area where, yes, Rachel Reeves is very, very, um, perhaps conservative, you could even say, in terms of really focusing on fiscal responsibility. But this was a sign of almost a level of radicalism that you're not going to see from a Tory government in terms of what their plans are. Now, Rachel Reeves on Friday effectively said that she no longer thinks it will be £28 billion per year, but she will try and get to that by the end of the Parliament of Labour government. Now, there has been heavy criticism of this policy for a while. Um, the Tories have been saying if you do this level of borrowing, given the rising price of borrowing, the rising cost, um, that will add a premium to people's mortgages. And she seemed to take the argument on board in her Today interview, ultimately trying to lay the blame at the Tories' doors, saying, well, maybe I was foolish because the Tories have messed up the economy and now I can't promise this, but fiscal responsibility comes first. And I think in terms of internal politics, it's seen as a blow to Ed Miliband, who longer for Reeves as a brainchild of this policy and we know wants to be very radical and green I think the question is does the idea of reaching 28 billion in the parliament still stay intact um, because we know how difficult it is Labour in terms of spending and is it a warning of how a Labour government which we do hear from Keir Starmer and Rachel Reeves um, is going to probably disappoint uh, at least someone in the party by not doing a, the radical things they think that you need to do in the first term John what did you make of this announcement So Katie's absolutely right about the context of the decision that Rachel's made uh, and the meaning of it. But the big problem is that Rachel made an announcement about a green industrial strategy. It's not that it's made two years ago. It's that green is the wrong branding for a social democratic party, a progressive party, a Labour party. When working class voters, when union members hear the word green, they think you're coming for their wallet. They think this is well-meaning, middle-class politics. It's going to hurt them. And Rachel should always have done what Joe Biden has done, lead on jobs. Joe Biden's announced an industrial strategy, not a green strategy. And that's the really important thing. Today's recalibration, there's been loads of thinking about it, but I'm sure that last week's visit to Washington, where Rachel listened to the Democrat strategists, listened to um, their senior economic advisors, the 
she got it. And I know that the unions in America and the unions in Britain are talking together. We don't want a green strategy. We want a jobs strategy and a cutting cost of living strategy. So I think it's a massively important decision by Rachel and Keir, and they've got us back onto the right track. John, do you think we're going to start seeing um, a move to make it less about green in terms of the language? Because, of course, uh, Labour conference, there was some debate whether to make the red rose green. And and there was talk of Ed Miliband's uh, rising influence. I don't know if you think that um, th- this is a sign that, that perhaps we're about to see a turn the other way. Yeah, that's a really great point. I think in this space, Labour needs to say green doesn't threaten you because there's an industrial strategy. Our strategy means good quality working class jobs. And if you've been watching Jim McMahon recently, Jim McMahon in DEFRA, the other part of the environment portfolio, the net zero part, always goes on about working class jobs, great working class jobs, good salaries. You don't need to go to university. You can get them and they'll do your whole lifetime, your whole career. I think this is working out in real time for the Labour Party. Do you know what? A big bet on investment is good. Let's make it about industrialization. So uh, re-industrialization. Olaf Scholz in, in Germany has been really clear. What we're doing in Germany is not um, decarbonization, it's re-industrialization. Biden's doing it. I think there's a progressive movement across the world. Albanese, Albanese, uh, I think Albanese in Australia, the Prime Minister of Australia, is doing the same thing. So I think what is needed is this brigading behind Rachel, and she's got strong support from the unions, I know from the GMB and uh, Unite, to just go, we're actually projecting a policy that means jobs for you. And so the, the bit of Ed Miliband's policy, which I fully agree with, and, Ed, and uh, I talked about recently, If we actually spend money on retrofitting homes, if we spend money on insulating homes, social homes, unoccupied, private rental sector, that money cuts your energy bills permanently. But it also gives jobs to, to people, to builders, to electricians, to tradies everywhere. Let's get the sweet spot, which is cut prices, create jobs. And I think Labour's been going on in this and Rachel's kind of cut the Gordian knot and made the announcement. And now there'll be a huge relief for the union movement in the party, in the shadow cabinet. Okay, we get it. We're talking about jobs. We're talking about cost of living. We're not talking about some other issue that the Tories want us to talk about. Katie, if they were to pivot to this new style for Labour, what would that mean for Ed Miliband? Obviously, he was the architect of this green policy and he's a very significant person in Labour. So I think John makes a point. A lot of this is stuff that Ed Miliband is still very much behind. I think it was interesting, though, um, soon after Rachel Reeves' Today programme interview, because lots of people saying the Green Prosperity Plan is very much alive. But Ed Miliband's tweet, to me, has a slightly different tone than some of the other lame messaging around it. Um, ultimately, he said, Some people don't want Britain to borrow to invest in the green economy. They want us to back down. Now, apparently this is aimed at the Tories, not someone in his own party. There's, since since it had to be a clarification, though, I think 
perhaps maybe could have got more in, in the in the tweet. Uh, but Keir, Rachel and I will never let that happen. Britain needs this 28 billion a year plan and so that's what we are committed to. Now, I know Rachel Roos has said she's going to get to 28 billion by the end of the parliament. But I thought it was interesting he was inserting the figure into that tweet at a time when, when you see Rachel Reeves talking about securonomics, what she wants to make her thing, and some of the language now, which is much more what John Matern, sorry, which is much more what John is talking about, which is the language of jobs. Also, in a way, what the Tories have done with lots of the net zero agenda, if you think of Teesside, they try to associate green with jobs. So it's a common way of doing it. And, and that Edmund Ventry not to overread, but it just seemed a little bit of a different, a very defensive, and also in that direction. Now, I think that it's not just Ed Miliband, but if this was... I'm not sure about... No, I'm not sure about that. I think Ed actually is fully in line with this. I think there's quite... There's... One of the big things about the party, Labour Party, recently is the massive discipline. So a decision has been made. Look, I think Ed would have liked £28 billion a year from year one. Also, Ed, who's been in government's cabinet minister, knows he can't spend 28 billion in one year, year one of your own parliament. Um, I think there's a discipline there, which is that people that he understands and he wants to speak for. Okay, let's make it. Because last time I met him, Ed said, cost of living first, jobs second. And I think it's maneuvering together where Rachel and Keir and Angie and um, Ed are all together, which is, you know what? We're going to make this thing an appeal to the public and appeals to voters. And Ed's realised, look, Ed's realised, you can't talk to the party and the union movement if you're not being heard by the voters. And so, look, I, I think Ed's, Ed, Ed's, a, Ed's a really big politician. He was the leader. He's moved on from being the leader. He's influential, but Rachel calls the shots. And that's really that's a really important part of this relationship. Labour are a united team. They all fall into sh- place behind each other, whereas the Tory party still want to have their conversations. The government, the cabinet, have conversations in public, as the, as the NatCon conference showed us. So I think there's, there's more nuance in there. So I'm, I, I'm, 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 I'm rushing in to defend Ed Miliband, which is because <laughs> I, I, I think this thing, this thing is coming together. And I see in Labour a unity I didn't see 18 months ago, to be honest a discipline, a requirement. They've all got different ways of saying it, but yeah, I think they're all falling in place, to be honest. Oh, no, not at all, John. I've also got some time to defend Ed Miliband in the sense that I, I do think Ed Miliband is more radical on the on the Greek, is more radical on Green than some of his colleagues and clearly sees it as a priority, right? But you can also get into conversations such as when we talk about the Tory cabinet and we like, and people say, well, Sue Ada Braverman is more is more interested in curbing legal migration than Jeremy Hunt. It's like, well, she is a Home Secretary and Jeremy Hunt is the Chancellor. <laughs> so, so you would expect Ed Miliband in his role to be the most enthusiastic. Um, and I and I also think that um, if you think about Ed Miliband and Rachel Reeves' relationship, it is a pretty good relationship um, in the sense that when Rachel Reeves was at Labour conference, um, she had Ed Miliband's team the night before helping her with her speech. They, they do work very closely together. We have seen some lapses, I would say, of the shadow cabinet, though. If you think back to the attack ads, I think what the attack ads were really interesting for, if you think about the ones against Rishi Sunak, oh, is yeah, lots yeah. of people said, you know, what are the point of these attack ads? Um, they didn't go on things like Facebook, where you actually had to pay to spread them they were very much a twitter exercise perhaps it was to entertain journalists during recess um it was. But, a, <laughs> but it was a test i think of you know if you speak to figures close to Kostama, it was 
part a test to try and see if that discipline is there, which is to say, we're going to do something bold and let's see if we can actually hold the line to see who's not holding the line, not because they're necessarily going to be sacked. You know, we keep hearing those Yvette Cooper stories, but working out where the weaknesses are. So when you get into an election, when they do start doing some of these bolder things, you're not going to have the shadow cabinet turning on each other, AIDS briefing. Uh, and that was about, I think, largely trying to see, you know, actually have we become disciplined as a block? Yeah, it was a stress test. Um, and I think you do a stress test for a reason to find weakness. But in a, in a time like this, when you make an announcement, which in a way, everybody knew was coming, everybody knew you can't spend, like, we get elected. I've run capital programs as a councillor and uh, in government in Scotland and in Australia. You can't get a dollar out or a pound out of the door on day one. It takes, you know, development has a 10-year cycle, infrastructure has a 10-year cycle. So therefore, there's kind of an inevitability about it. And what's interesting is Labour are doing this now, not a year, in a year's time or 18 months' time, not in the heat of battle. They're taking an issue, neutralising it and going, okay, should we go back to the main issue? Because I've got a, a, a great colleague, Jerry Butts, who's an advisor to uh, the Canadian Liberals, to Trudeau, close to Trudeau. Um, and he, he always says, make the main thing the main thing, like in politics, don't get distracted. The government are in trouble. They're in trouble on cost of living. Okay, don't talk about green because that's got a that's a that's a values issue. I, me uh, talk about you a condescension issue at times. If you're working class, it's actually make it cost of living, make it jobs, drag it back to the issue, the economy, the, the economy, the economy. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, John, and thanks for listening. <laughs>